0: Hello and welcome to the initial podcast for Intentional Grounding Fantasy Football. Uh, we do not yet have a slogan, uh, please go ahead and submit a slogan for it. My name is Noah Downs, uh, and I'm here with my co-host Luke Bisson. How are you doing Luke? Good, how are you guys doing today? Oh, uh, it's just me, so I'm doing oh, great. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the inaugural launch of our podcast, so please bear with us. We're going to be get much better as we go on. Um, but, yeah, so uh, how uh, what are you up to today? Anything fun? Uh, not really. I went
1: to Detroit proper today, and uh, I survived and made it back home. So it was a good day. Yeah, did you see any of those lions? No, I, we went and saw dinosaurs. <laughs>
0: so you saw Calvin Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> Deion Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're probably in the zoo up there. I just, uh, just played kickball myself. Uh, so I'm doing this... Uh, podcast a little bit buzzed. Uh, this is a family-friendly podcast. I want to reiterate that. <laughs> those milkshakes were real good. Oh, yeah, those milkshakes. Yeah, they're milkshakes uh, full of uh, yingling milk. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, my focus primarily when it comes to this podcast is I want to talk about Dynasty League and redraft football. Since we're in the off season, we're going to focus mostly on Dynasty League football However, we're going to throw in a little bit of that redraft info for all you redrafters out there. Uh, by the way, if you're currently only in redraft leagues, I highly recommend Dynasty League football because Dynasty League football is where it's at. You get to keep players from year to year, so that way you can't say, oh, man, I had Matt Forte last year. He was so good. I don't think you'll be saying that this year, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, not this year. But Yeah, so my co-host, Luke, he is our metrics and stats guy. I am your gut feeling guy. And uh, we kind of flip-flop back on that, but that's kind of our focus.
1: All right, so uh, what would you like to start with then? Well,
0: uh, now that we've introduced ourselves, I want to kind of – obviously, Luke, I know this because you and I are friends, but why don't you tell me what your focus is? What's your favorite team in the NFL? What kind of – what is your college team and your NFL team? That way we know kind of what you really have the insider knowledge on.
1: Well, as far as an NFL team, uh, I unfortunately am a fan of the Factory of Sadness out in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, uh, um, you got the runs from the Browns? Yeah, yeah. Only way to get into the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, uh,. No, uh, that's honestly why I got into fantasy. You know, uh, ever since they returned back in 99, uh, I figured it would be a, a lot easier for me to enjoy football if uh, something that I was involved in regarding football was actually winning. So, oh, yeah, good,
0: good. You know how old I was in 1999? How old was that? I was nine at the end of 1999.
1: I was graduating high school. <laughs>
0: You're old fart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: As far as uh, college, though, uh, I'm a Hurricane fan. Oh, Miami. Yep. I didn't actually know that. Yeah, I've uh, I've well, I was raised um uh, as far as football knowledge and everything goes on my grandfather, and those were his two teams.
0: Oh, maybe you told me that. and I forgot by now.
1: <laughs> what about you?
0: I am a Washington Redskins fan, and yes, folks, we will be saying the term Redskins on this uh, podcast. I am sorry. Uh, oh, is, that, is that still a thing? Yeah. Uh, it's well, it, here it is. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I've been a Redskins fan since I was born. Uh, Mm I had a little locker room sign on my uh, bedroom door, and I told my dad one time he couldn't come in because, uh, you know, he wasn't a Washington Redskin. He said, I was the one that got you into Redskins. I was like, oh, okay, good point.
1: (laughs) Money (laughs) fast.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm a Washington Redskins fan, and uh, as you know, my college team, I am a massive Virginia Tech Hokies fan. I went to Virginia Tech – I've worked with a lot of the players that, was, that are currently in the NFL from Tech and graduated in 2012, so I have a lot of recency bias on Virginia Tech, um, and that's really kind of served me well because I had Tyrod Taylor before he blew up. you remember that?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He's going to have a great year this year too. Oh, my God. I remember
0: um, you and I were in a startup um, a draft last year. That was actually the first startup we ever did together. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was the Junkies draft. Yes, it was. uh, By the way, folks, we're going to be talking a lot about the teams we're on together. We're in about, how many leagues? Is that four? Three, four?
1: I think it's closer to five or six. I'll have to go back and look, though. (laughs)
0: That's right. We're in one redraft together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we were in our first, my first dynasty draft, um, but the first one we ever did together. And uh, I took Tyrod Taylor in something like the 24th round out of 40. Or even later than that, something like that. And I took Tim Hightower with my last overall pick because I went to the University of Richmond for law school. Folks, don't judge me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I I held on the tire out, and he's really kind of paid off for me. Uh, So, yeah, I've got the insight on the Hokies, and you've got the insight on the Hurricanes, which is unfortunate come football season for us.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Hurricanes back in. You know, back in the early 2000s, that was their sweet spot. And, you know, ever since the Al-Golden year started, it's been hard. Not, not Brown's hard, mind you, but hard. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I mean,
0: wh- how many national championships did you guys go to in the early 2000s?
1: Well, there was the, the one we won. <laughs> and yeah, was I mean, the, so. <laughs> the one that went like, in triple overtime and Ohio State won, so I, I believe it's two.
0: Yeah, you're out there near Ohio
1: State, so I bet that was a little tough for you. Yeah, I was actually out at the bar for that one, and uh, um, I was uh, wearing my shirt, and uh, I made it out alive. Good.
0: All right, so um, we're going to go ahead and move on to some of our actual substance of this podcast, um, because I'm sure that's why people are listening. I don't think they really care about us.
1: (laughs) It's the all Cleveland and uh, um, Washington hour over here.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Our teams were like a combined 11 and not much last year. So, uh, uh, well,
1: uh, my team won three, so... Uh, my I, team I, won
0: nine, I think.
1: Oh, okay, so 12 and something.
0: <laughs> yeah, you like that? Um, so, yeah, uh, our podcast as of now, and this will change, folks, uh, we have uh, this segment called the Pick Six, uh, and this Pick Six, is, we're going to discuss six topics uh, that, he, that Luke and I have discussed beforehand. Our focus this time is on free agency.
1: That is correct.
0: Yeah. So um, I think uh, you want to go ahead right on into it? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Let's, uh, let's uh, start with number one.
0: All right, number one, we have the Martavis Bryant suspension. I'm sure that everybody who has Martavis Bryant is currently slapping their heads because that guy cannot stay out of drugs.
1: Yeah, it's, it was a real shame to see what happened. I mean, you know, the whole entire situation – um, because last season he started off with being suspended for four games. And under the new uh, drug policy, that means that in between his rookie year and the beginning of uh, his second season, he had multiple infractions. Because now, if you have one infraction, you actually only get a slap on the wrist. You don't miss any games. But he missed four, which means he had at least two there. Oh, wow. And then for him to be suspended for the whole year this season, that means he must have had at least two again, because after your um, uh, second one where you get four, your third infraction only gets you ten.
0: Now, to clarify, does that mean he actually failed a drug test that
1: many Uh, times? No. According Mm -hmm. to his uh, uh, agent, uh, he actually missed multiple screenings. Mm Mm-hmm. So I mean, so basically, he may not have been testing positive, but he just decided not to show up.
0: Right. Okay. And is that a, is that? Do you know of any other um, receivers? Like I don't. I don't know the exact situation on Josh Gordon. You might
1: know it because you're a Browns
0: guy. Um, well,
1: um, Gordon, he uh, he was actually uh, he was going through the situation as they were changing the policy. Right. Um, where he, he missed four games out of the gate for one, and then he was being suspended for a year um, uh, uh, when he had his second one, and then they actually lowered it to ten. That's why he was able to come back for, like, those last six games.
0: Yeah.
1: And then he was on the plane coming back from his last game of the season, and he had a beer with uh, some players and a couple coaches, and, well, he, he wasn't allowed to do that either until the end of the season. So he oh, got hit sucks. again, and that was the one-year thing. And then, you know, and here we are now waiting to see if he's going to be reinstated or not for the 2016 season.
0: Right, right. Well, um, I mean, as opposed to when Josh Gordon was suspended. When Josh Gordon was suspended for the year, or indefinitely, I forget which it was. Um, it was indefinitely. Yeah, when he was suspended indefinitely, I bought him low in a few leagues. Um uh, mm-hmm and I, I felt confident he would eventually get back because he had been good up until that beer and it seemed to me like that was a misunderstanding with bryant he doesn't just have the drug issue um it, it seems to me and this is kind of kind of heavy for our first podcast but he's got these depression issues as well and it kind of seems to me looking at the context
1: that he might have been treating his depression with marijuana that's that's almost exactly what his agent said his agent came out and said that it wasn't so much a partying issue when it came to his uh, usage of marijuana but it was a coping mechanism um, uh, that he used to you know deal with depression and uh, yeah you're actually right that is really really heavy just because depression I mean it's tough to get
0: through. Yeah, yeah absolutely so i think i mean as opposed to when i was buying josh gordon really low um like sometimes even with a fourth round rookie pick i would say bryant if you have him he's a solid hold uh, mm-hmm. but i'm not buying him anywhere because I, I mean he has that mental issue to get through and it's i mean it's an illness and i, I think he's got to get through that first before
1: he can even consider return the nfl absolutely you know honestly if i have anyone offering me a um uh, a second rounder at this time trying to buy him low mm. you know in their mind i'm i'm actually totally selling now is that a 2016 second or a 2017 second at this point i would take either and oh, wow. uh my concern is this uh knowing what we know now uh you know, is he going to be able to bounce back? You know, where where it, se- it seems like Josh Gordon was able to go the whole entire year without an infraction and going and getting tested and whatnot, and it looks like he's on track to coming back and you know being a member of the NFL again. But if he's if if Bryant, mind you, is suffering from this depression and everything and his outlet is marijuana I mean, he's going to have to go through multiple drug tests during that year to make sure that he's still clean mm-hmm. um, and I know that his agent also said that he was going through um, he was going to go in and check into rehab and everything but unless he can find another, another means of helping himself get through his depression and everything I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, go that long without having something in his life to distract him from it, like football, like you know his passion of the game, which has led him to this career.
0: Right. Well, obviously we're praying for Martavis Bryant to have a quick recovery or at least a, a, be able to give his life an order before he gets back to NFL. He's got a full year to think about it.
1: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
0: But let's look at some of the other people affected on the Steelers' staff um, and on their roster. I mean, <clears throat> I'm going to throw out three names that I think will probably be affected, and then I want to get your kind of reaction on that. I think Ladarius Green, their recent signing at Tight End. uh, Obviously, we all know Ladarius Green's name, especially in the Dynasty community, as what could have been. Um, But also Sammy Coates, the unknown, I'm going to call him the unknown Avenger, (laughs) and uh, Marcus Wheaton, the
1: underperformer. See, the funny thing is, um, we we look at Wheaton and we say that he's an underperformer, Mm -hmm. but looking at uh, pro football uh, focus, uh, their grading scale actually favored um, uh, uh, Marcus Wheaton over um, uh, Bryant when he was playing last year and Sammy Coates. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, he came in, meaning uh, Marcus Wheaton, he came in at 48th with a, uh, a score around 75.9, which basically goes over receiving, running the ball once you catch it, and then, like, run blocking and everything. And uh, actually, with Brian, he came in at 61st with a 71.8. Uh, Wheaton was the better receiver and the better run blocker.
0: Oh. Hmm. I see. Which of those moves, though, like, obviously they haven't moved Coates and Wheaton, but I think the move of acquiring Ladarius Green after, I, at least I think the Steelers knew about Bryant's impending suspension, mm-hmm. I think they acquired Green after that moment. So I have a feeling that they could have a lot in store for Green, which which might in turn indirectly mean that Bryant's suspension will affect our Jesse James, the outlaw, uh, shares. So what is your, how do you feel? What would you do with each of these players, uh, Green, Coates, Wheaton, and even potentially Jesse James?
1: Um, I would expect Green to receive most of those um, uh, catches just because, you know, not only did they lose Brian, but Heath Miller retired, which was basically their go tight end uh, before that, but he was old. Yeah. So so what we have now is we're going to have Ladarius Green getting a ton of looks mm-hmm. and then you're going to have Marcus Wheaton, who's going to have to step up into that number two. And it's going to be interesting to see that if he can, if he can. So what you're going to do here is you're going to have him be the true number two and you're going to have um, Sammy Coates coming in as your fill in. So people are going to be focusing on Sammy Coates, and they're definitely going to be focusing in on green but I think the best move is to actually go out and get Whedon. Okay. Because I feel that he's gonna be the cheapest to buy because he's not a name. He appears to have underperformed, like you said. Mm-hmm. And he should also benefit the most from being the number two. What would you buy Whedon for? Right now? I would be willing to buy him for a man a late second. What, what would you sell quotes for? Oh, I, At this point, I'd sell him for a high second. Uh, honestly, if you have coats, I think one of the one of the shark moves to do would try to flip him for Wheaton plus. Oh, interesting.
0: I like that. What was you with green? Is he a hold?
1: Uh, green for me. If you have him, and if you've if if you've had green from the start, you have been marred with mediocre production, you know. But this is, you know, he's finally about to shine. So if you have him and you've been holding on to him, of course you're going to keep him.
0: Yeah.
1: But if he's on the waiver wires for some reason, or if you're trying to get him, I would go out and get him, especially if you need someone to lock up that tight end spot. He's going to be a tight end one at the end of this year.
0: So let's talk about Denver moving on from the Steelers, because we've talked about them enough. Um, I think the players affected from the Broncos, they've had a really active free agency, not in terms of going out and acquiring players, but just kind of. Seeing some players right off into the multi-million de- dollar deal sunset, um, which is kind of sad because they just want a Super Bowl. And if you lose a lot from your team, not much chance you're going to return there. If you have Paid Manning, obviously he is gone. So I would not hold on to him. I've seen a few people that saying keep him in the off chance he comes back. Peyton Manning's not coming back, folks. That's yeah. a pipe dream.
1: Agreed. Unless unless you're getting points for maybe someone in the head office, if he were to go that route next season, if he, you're not going to get anything from him. Yeah, he's gone. Brock went ahead and shipped
0: out to Houston, so he said bye guys. Even though he was the heir apparent, I think that that I don't know if I like that move in terms of loyalty or to your team, but I do think Brock was probably one of the best quarterbacks in this class of quarterbacks. Um, They were interested in Colin Kaepernick, but as of today, they have not been able to make a deal. Um, Fitzgerald is, uh, I'm assuming you're talking about uh, Fitzmagic in the Jets. Uh, Mm -hmm. He could be an option because he's not signed yet. Uh, CJ Anderson obviously obviously is coming back. Uh, Trevathan moved to Chicago. Brandon Marshall uh, was re-signed to a one-year deal, not the receiver. Um, And Russell Okung... It was a major acquisition. I signed a five-year contract with Denver. None of which is guaranteed interestingly. So, uh, what do you think about all
1: that? Well, going back to uh, Brock, I found it first of all very funny that uh, John Elway, Mister, I don't want to play a game in Baltimore, uh, put out there that he only wanted players that wanted to play for him. You know, this is you know, if you believe in karma, this is not coming to bite him back. <laughs> uh, Cap. I think Cap's best chance is to stick in San Francisco. And, really? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chip uh, Kelly has gone there, and he needs a running quarterback. And if Kaepernick can still do that, he's, that's the best chance he has at being s- successful. Mm-hmm. Um, if he were to go to Cleveland, which was another one of those uh, wonderful landing spots that was talked about in the, uh, in the news— They were willing to give a third, but Cleveland is in complete rebuild mode, and they shipped off half of their offensive line and let their one actual commodity at wide receiver right now until Gordon gets reinstated go to San Diego. Oh, yeah. So without there being – Yeah, Travis Benjamin. So without there being anything really there, Kaepernick would go there to die, just like every other quarterback in the last 15 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, But then you're looking at Denver, and Denver is the first Super Bowl-winning team since, like, the Baltimore Ravens that won it, and then, like, everything fell apart.
0: Hmm.
1: So I really do believe that Kaepernick's best opportunity is to stay. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick is older. Uh, His success last year of throwing 31 touchdowns came because of Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Uh, Granted, if he went there, he would have uh, Thomas, and he would have um, Emmanuel Sanders, but he doesn't have that offensive line. Uh, CJ coming back, I'm not really sure if this was good for CJ. I don't think
0: it was good for CJ at all. I think CJ should have gone to Miami. Even though Miami underuses their backs, and we'll talk about Miami shortly, but even though Miami has underused Lamar Miller, I think CJ Anderson would have had a much better chance there. And I think him staying in Denver actually they're going
1: to load up against him because, I mean, they don't have to worry about Peyton Manning or Brock. Absolutely. I mean, even with the new regime going in again into Miami with Adam Gase and company, I, I think he knew CJ, and CJ would have been his workhorse back. You know, Chicago was the other team that offered something to him for his tender, and, uh, you know, and up there, he, people knew him too. You know, so everyone that has worked with him before – wanted him
0: and Denver took a gamble and they offered him the lowest tender and it did not pay off for
1: them I know that that was a, that was a crazy thing for them to do Now I understand they're a little you know they're cash-strapped and everything but they weren't gonna get back Peyton you know Brock they put the money into him figuring he would come back and everything so it, it was just a mess absolute mess and they also lost some on defense
0: would but you I be uh, would you be buying or selling CJ right
1: now? CJ for me, um, man, he's a hold, and uh, but that's only because of Denver. You know, yeah. they went out and they signed Russell Okun. You know, but the idea that they've made it so that there is no money guaranteed tells me that this is a, a prove it contract. And with it being as such, they don't have the faith in Okun that you know he will just be able to go out there and do it. So if he doesn't pan out, they're worse off than they were last year at, uh, at, at the uh, at the offensive line. And we all know how last year went in the beginning part for CJ.
0: I guess you, you remember, obviously, in this past season, uh, the Broncos' defense was the defense to own. They scored so many points for you if you had them. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they will be that defense? that they were talking about both redraft and dynasty at this point.
1: I think that they, I think that they will to a certain point uh, besides losing Trevathan, you know, the the pieces that they lost on defense tells me that they're not going to have quite the punch that they did, but I don't think that they're going to fall off the face of the earth. I think that they're still going to be a stout defense, just not a super bowl winning defense. Yeah.
0: So you'll have that guy that takes them in the twelfth round of the redraft league. <laughs> oh, you will, but it won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> it will not be myself <laughs> either. I only take them. I, I switch between kicker and uh, defense. Whoever taking the last two rounds of my redraft. You um, go, man. If I can get Guskowski, I take him in the second to last because I mean Guskowski. What the hell? <laughs> um, so kind of moving on. Um, I think we've beaten Denver to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about. The fallout from CJ Anderson being on the market, uh, looking specifically at Jay Ajayi uh, in Miami and Jeremy Langford
1: over in Chicago. Well, when I look at the two between Ajayi and Langford, for me, uh, Langford is my sell. And Ajayi is my hold. And the reason for that mainly is Ajayi was out in the news and everything for a long time while Denver made their decision on if they were going to, you know, match it, match the, um, uh, the contract with, um, uh, with Miami. So Ajayi was sitting there basically being raked through the coals about how obviously Miami doesn't see him as a three-down back and he's going to be, you know, automatically in some committee. So I'm going to hold on to him because his value is tanked. But Langford, not many people really know, if they're not paying attention, that Chicago even put an offer out there for CJ.
0: I did not know it until you told me.
1: With that in mind, get out there. Langford right now to quite a few people is considered to be the heir apparent. Right. So sell him as the heir apparent to anyone that will take and lap all the way to the bank.
0: I think you could probably get a mid-first for him in uh, the hey. right situation, especially if you package up Kadeem Carey. A lot of people won't realize exactly how high they are, uh, the, the bears that is, on Kadeem Carey as well. He was getting a lot of work even while Langford was in there. So, yeah, yeah and I think um, you should shop Langford around it. I mean, the the goal is to get a mid-first. Hell, if you can get him uh, higher than mid-first, go for it and don't even look back. But uh, I think the lowest I would go on him is an early second or on the 203.
1: I would agree. I would absolutely agree on that. And, and then as far as, you know, giant goes, like I said, he's a hold because you're not going to get what his true value is because it, it, the knee is an issue
0: mm-hmm.
1: only if you are worried about injury.
0: I mean, you cannot predict injury. I mean, CJ Anderson could go out and break his leg tomorrow. CJ, please don't break right. my leg.
1: <laughs> Now, you, his, his career should be shortened by his main issues, but it doesn't mean that it's going to happen three weeks into the season. He could go three to four years as a starting caliber running back in this league and not have an issue. Right. So that's why I would hold on to him, and in the case of being able to get him for like maybe a third, I might even buy him.
0: So just to recap these three players, because we've talked around them a lot, you're saying that CJ is a hold for you. You wouldn't buy him, though. Um, Langford should be kind of shopped around. If you can get mid-first to very early second, take that to the bank. And Ajayi, it should be a hold because um, you won't be able to get the value that he actually has in this ordeal. Exactly. Okay. So moving on to Ivory and Yeldon, probably the biggest – concern for Dynasty old, uh, dynasty owners, myself included. I drafted Yeldon in the first round last year, and he looked great. Uh, what
1: is that? That's the clock. Hold on a second.
0: Freaking clocks.
1: I, know. I might leave this in. You totally should. Yeah, okay, good, we're good. It's 24 o'clock here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Going back to uh, Ivory and Yeldon, including me, I think that Yeldon is a massive hold on to him. You might be panicking because Chris Ivory's there, but you got to think about it. Jacksonville had so much money to spend that they've been messing around with backups like Gerhardt and Robinson. And while Robinson was a good back to own a couple of years ago, um, they weren't getting it done. Yes, Yeldon was not very efficient on the goal line. But Ivory is injury prone. He wasn't very much more efficient on the goal line. I think that Jacksonville just really kind of invested in a solid number two back. Uh, you'll see Ivory getting some goal line work, but Yeldon's probably going to be the workhorse
1: in my opinion. I would agree with that. The way I look at it when it comes to this situation, you're going to have Ivory, who main reason he didn't stay in New York was because he's not a receiving back. You know, they brought in there, they brought in three guys now between Forte, al um, uh, Kyrie Robinson, and Bilal Powell, who are all able to catch out of the backfield. Uh, Ivory couldn't do that. He was your uh, Marshawn Lynch light. He would just run. He would ask for contact. You know, that was his game. So what I think you have there is you have your, your goal line bruiser. Uh, and, you know, and, and your red zone Basically, so you're going to see him stealing touchdowns, but he's not going to steal receptions. And between the 20s, I would think that Yeldon is still going to see plenty of work.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. So I would say that um, Ivory, um, and I think you agree, is a sell high because he had a great season last season. And it appears like he's getting starter money, and you could probably get him for a first now. But as soon as you get about two games into the season, he's going to be almost worthless. I think you should sell him right now. In terms of Yeldon, if you have him, hold on to him. If you don't have him, throw out a second to a third
1: for him, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, uh, ivory is like the definition of fool's gold, mm-hmm. and if you wait too far into the season, you're going to be stuck holding on to it. Sell
0: ivory as quickly as you can. My mantra is
1: always to sell early as opposed to selling late.
0: Okay, come on, Bill Belichick. So, yeah, next on our pick six, we have Houston. Um, Houston has made a push to be better, which I think is good because they are not good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're just not good. Uh, they have DeAndre Hopkins, and that was about it. Arian Foster was a train wreck, and that's why he's still a free agent. So let's look at Houston's big signings in terms of offense, the ones that you really care about for listeners. Um, they have Lamar Miller and... Why not Brock Osweiler? Uh you remember when why not Brock was like a huge thing in our FFJ League? Absolutely. was <laughs> <laughs> like, why not Brock? Because I mean Payne Manning was ancient and uh we all thought Brock Osweiler might be the next guy. So
1: anyway that's that's why Brock is now in Houston because they sat him down to put the dinosaur back in.
0: <laughs> yeah they did. <laughs> Speaking of dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so let's talk about Lamar Miller really quickly. Um, he, he might be in a good spot. It's, Miller is that kind of guy who he's never really gotten the, the run that fantasy owners have always wanted him to have. He's always said, yeah, I can run 20 touches or not, but Miami's not going to let me do that. Uh, and now I think he might have landed in a good spot where they'll actually give
1: him some run. However, I don't know if he can handle that that is going to be something that we're going to have to see when he was in high school. Um, and in oh, college, we're going back to high school now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did a little bit of uh, looking into it. That's I know. why you metrics, yeah. <laughs> he saw a lot of touches. Now granted the game's a little different at those levels, but he yeah. was able to take on that workhorse mentality. Um, only once though, during his years in the NFL has he ever had more than 200 touches and that was 2 years ago with 213 oh yeah so he is a very effective and efficient runner that has low mileage for his age i mean he basically has like 1 in 3 1 in 3 quarters worth of what um DeMarco Murray had in one season with Denver oh
0: Oh wow! So he doesn't have very much tread on the tires at all.
1: Yeah, he is a complete buy for me. You know, I I'm sitting in one league with the 104, and I'm in talks right now to get Miller for that 104. You know because... how
0: old Miller will be come this coming season? How old? He'll be 25. That is not old. No, he he is not as old as I currently am. I actually just seeing that he he was born on April twenty fifth, nineteen ninety one, and seeing that that completely changes my outlook on him, especially considering his tread. I would say before I was going to say he's a hold to maybe uh, sell high, but I would actually say at this point for me he is a hold to a
1: a buy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't you, think you're buying high either. Right. I would honestly, I, well, I would buy high if you're a contender. And, you know, if All you need is just that one more piece as a running back. If you can get him for a mid first, you do it in a minute and you you run over your,
0: your league. Right, exactly. And I, I mean, you got those. I don't know how UTH or DLF feel about them. By the way, listeners, those are um, other podcasts that you can definitely check out. Uh, but I would say that. Uh, Miller, for me, is definitely a buy. I, and I don't think you're buying high. If you can get him for that mid-first, I think you could run your league over. Even if you are not a contender this year, you've got about
1: three solid years of potential production from him. Absolutely. And when you're looking at like the 101 uh, this year, I expect it to be uh, Ezekiel Elliott out of OSU. Of course. Uh, I think that I would rather have him. Okay. Um, I agree with that. But... Besides that, you know, Treadwell is going to be good. And then you've got Corey Coleman and Josh Doxson as you're, you know, through 104. That point right there is kind of like, do I want Doxson or Miller? For me, it's kind of a push. Mm -hmm. And I would rather also have the veteran who's been successful in the league than taking a huge risk on someone who's just coming in.
0: Now let's talk about Brock. Uh, I think Brock is a sell high.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I um I I was not impressed by him in Denver. I think he was he was cushioned by the defense. Um, I don't think that he's a very much of a leader, especially considering he bolted at the first chance he had. Uh, I think Hopkins. I actually think it'll hurt Hopkins. Um, I but I I I don't think that. Brock will be able to get Hopkins the volume that it had this, this past year. I think Hopkins was amazing this past year because of the sheer volume he was all it had, especially mm-hmm. when it's foster with them. But I don't think Hopkins will be as valuable because
1: of Brock. I think that Nuke uh, is actually hurt more by uh, Miller than he is by Brock. Really? I, I feel that I feel that Brock is a better quarterback than Hoyer. Um, so I would expect, you know, especially if they don't really get another wide receiver, which I fully think they will, and that will that will be the thing that knocks them. But it won't be because of Brock directly. I don't um, actually. I, I disagree with that. I actually think that uh,
0: Brock might be about this in my mind, and obviously, mm-hmm. I I would have to go back and look at some of the numbers, but I don't think Brock is as good as Hoyer. Or even if he's as good, I think that is about as good as he gets, because Brock. We've only seen him when he had an amazing defense and some awesome
1: offensive players. And even then, he was still losing games. I'm trying to figure out how we can turn this into a wager. All right, here's what we're going to do.
0: Let's take Brock, and let's take Hoyer, Mm -hmm. and we'll take Hoyer's best three fantasy point games in terms of standard scoring, um, which is, you know, four point. Uh, passing six point rushing um, yeah. and twenty five yards per point. Let's take Hoyer's best three games from this past season and then we'll compare them to Brock's best three games from this coming season.
1: I like it. All right, right, we do it.
0: let's do it that's that's a wager. Uh, we need somebody who's a listener by the way to run our uh, wager board, so we'll take volunteers. absolutely. <laughs> yeah just message one of us
1: All right, I ask uh, so yeah.
0: All right, so you think, what, what would you do with Brock if you
1: had him right now? That being said, I think that he'll be better, but I still, if I had him, he's definitely a hold. Because if I had him prior to this, he was my, my backup, hoping that something would happen. And right. something has. Uh, but if I'm going out to try to buy him, I would buy him for a mid-second and nothing more.
0: Okay. I would, I would. Uh, if I
1: have him, I'm selling high.
0: Because right now he is a, currently a, a starter. And I feel like, even, especially in two QB leagues, I feel like you can get some great numbers for him. I don't want to buy him anywhere. I don't want to hold him anywhere. I'd sell him for anywhere up to a mid-second. I, I can understand that. So basically comment. what I'm saying is you and I are selling Brock to each other. Uh, that would
1: be perfectly fine with me. Do you <laughs> have him anywhere in
0: I, I do not have them in any of our leagues. I think I think, <laughs> I think some of our friends took them before uh, I could get them. All right, so moving on to our number six in the pick six. Um, I want to talk about some teams that won free agency, um, based on kind of under the radar signings, things that might be out of the fantasy football average fantasy football person's uh, uh, radar. I think. So what do you think? Who do you think is your team that won free agency?
1: And for me it, it's Oakland. Uh they went out and they got uh, Bruce Irvin mm-hmm. from Seattle and they signed him as an outside linebacker. Uh and they went out and they got, you know, two really good O line additions. Uh one was uh uh Osemili, Osemeli, uh from uh, the Ravens. Osamele. Uh, he's uh, he was the best O-line prospect in this F.A. period, uh, plays guard. And then they when they got Donald Penn. Uh, and then finally they went out and they got Sean Smith, who was an important part of Kansas City's um, run at the end of their season. Yeah. And he plays cornerback. So, I mean, really good signings. That, you know, they're not at skill positions, but they already have Carr. They've got Amari Cooper. they got Clive Walford at tight end. And they've got Crabtree as their number two. The needle is pointing up on them now. Now
0: you talked about um, how they they've boosted their O line. What do you think about
1: Latavius Murray? I still think that he is uh, he's the uh, guy that they have now. He's the now guy, but he's not the right guy.
0: I think I think he's a massive sell. I think they showed their hand this past year when not giving him the rock that much, and I think that you need to get rid of him as quickly as possible. I'm cashing on Murray if I can, I mean, I'm offering a round of first mm-hmm. for Murray, but if I can get an early second for Murray, I'm probably going to take him.
1: I got out of Murray all of my shares that I had last season. twice yeah, I sold him off to contenders. Right. So that way I could wash my hands of him.
0: Yeah, because I didn't like him to begin with. I don't actually think I have any shares of him left, but if I do, I'm selling them right now.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if in the second or third round this year, they go with a Devontae Booker or a, uh, or a Kenneth Dixon. Ooh, that would be interesting. I'd like it. So uh,
0: my team that won free agency based on under-the-radar signings, I actually – it's not about the signings. For you, it's all about the signings. For me, it's about who they got rid of. I uh, I think the Eagles won free agency. Because, uh, in my opinion, they had a great free agency period. Uh, Howie Roseman dumped a lot of bad deals from about a year ago. Mm-hmm. He re-signed Sam Bradford, and he added um, Brandon Cooks. Uh, no, not Brandon Cooks. Brandon Brooks. That's what I say Brandon Cooks is not there. <laughs> Brandon Brooks, uh, Leotis McKelvin, and Rodney McLeod. Um, they, and so I think that their defense is better. I think they, they're bringing back Sam Bradford, who knows the system. Uh, I also, they moved up five spots in the first round while dumping Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso, to Chip Kelly players. So they're moving on from Chip Kelly completely. They said they're ridding their hands of him, and in the process they moved up five spots. Uh, they're in the top ten. They dumped DeMarco Murray, which was, in my opinion, a terrible signing because Chip Kelly never should have had DeMarco Murray. Um... And while dumping DeMarco Murray, they also got rid of his huge contract clearing the way for some of those signings. Uh I think that because they got rid of the bad Kelly deals, they moved up in the first round and then they added quality players and others um for their depth. I mean, mainly it's moving on from Chick Kelly. I hate Chick Kelly. But uh
1: <laughs> but one of my favorite under the radar signings that they did yeah. actually was uh they went out and they uh, picked up Nigel Bradham as a, uh, a, U, um, a UFA from um, uh, yeah. Buffalo. He is going to make a name for himself, that outside linebacker in that defense.
0: So and that's Nigel Bradham. Mm-hmm.
1: I actually went out and tried getting him in any league that I play IDP in.
0: So you and I are in two IDP leagues together, and I'm pretty
1: sure he is not owned in either one. Uh, he is actually. Oh, really? Who owns it? Uh, Jason owns one, and has one share of them. And then I believe it's Drew has the other one. Shout out to Jason and Drew. <laughs> yeah, I was very disappointed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, you think Oakland won? I think uh, I think the Eagles won, which is sad for me because I'm a huge Redskins fan in the NFC East.
1: Uh, and uh, Miami's deal with uh, Philly to get uh, uh, Maxwell al- almost fell through because of Maxwell's shoulder. Right, exactly. So I think that uh, the Eagles unloading and
0: moving up five spots, that's going to be invaluable for them. Because even – I think they're at number seven now. Um, even at number seven, they're going to be able to grab an amazing player that will change – they'll be a franchise player.
1: I actually – think, my hot take on that is that they're going to go with uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, wow. Which is why I'm also selling high on all my Ryan Matthews shares. Well, I don't have any because I don't like to take RB sixes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I understand that. But DeMarco Murray, up until uh, his uh, one year in, uh, in Dallas was, you know, quote unquote, injury prone. So I thought Ryan Matthews was a good Hold and it's it wasn't it didn't pay off you know last year but now it's paying off with him being the apparent starter.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of Ezekiel Elliott, I was thinking that we would uh, do a quick round of Dynasty Roulette where we go through a few three hypotheticals and then we do a very quick uh, rookie mock.
1: Sounds good to me. Let's do it.
0: All right, so Dynasty Roulette. Let's go. Uh, I, I know you probably have one. I'll go first. You go second. I'll go third. Okay. okay. Quick. TJ Yeldon or the 110?
1: Uh, Actually, I would want TJ. I would want him over anything that I could get at 10, which would probably be like a Will Fuller or a Farrow Cooper.
0: TJ Yeldon or the 2017 110?
1: Oof. Yeah, that's tough, isn't it? That is thats tough because <laughs> next year's draft is going to be – so full of running backs, Ugh. yeah. So it'd, it'd be hard. It'd probably be a push.
0: Yeah, I got you. So, um, all right, your turn.
1: All right, what about uh, Lamar Miller or the one hundred and four? I would take the one hundred and four. Um, I would. I would take Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um,
0: I think. I think at the one hundred and four, you can get a player. I mean, somebody's gonna fall, but between Elliott, Treadwell, Doxson, or Coleman, um, I I think it's it's tough for me because I feel like at least in one of my legs somebody will make a mistake and allow Dachshund Treadwell or Elliott to follow me at the one Oh four Lamar Miller. I'm just not sure that he will continue to have the amazing, um, uh, success we expect him to have. So I would, I would take the one Oh four cause I, feel, I might be able to trade away that away and move back.
1: I get it. I disagree with it, but I get it.
0: Oh yeah. I get you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, for me, let's let's go uh, Martavis Bryant for the 205 to 208.
1: I would take the draft pick and run. Oh, really? Absolutely. Explain. Uh, well, like I said earlier, I, I, I'm not sure if he's going to come back at all. Mm-hmm. And if he's not going to, uh, if you wait a year and the buzz starts to come back, that's going to be your last chance to sell. Yeah. But if you miss that window, you're going to be lucky to get a late third for him. So I mean, right now, I'd be willing to pay a late third to get him on the off chance that he does come back. But if I'm going to – if I have him right now, I'm selling.
0: Good call. I, I also would take the draft pick um anywhere from the 205 to the 208. might even take the 209 to 10. Um, so uh, just to recap, you would take – Yeldon over the 110 2016, and so would I. You would take Lamar Miller. I uh, know you would, yeah, you would take Lamar Miller. I would take the 104,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you would take the 205 to 208, and I would also take 205 to 8 over Martavis Bryant. So let's move on to our quick uh, mock, rookie mock. I know we're running out of time, so I want to make sure we get to everything we want to get to today. Um, uh, we'll go, let's go ahead and do a 10 round mock. Okay. Um, so basically our top ten in terms of dynasty. And if you do redraft, consider this when you're drafting. Um, do you want first or should I take first? Oh, by all um, means. You go ahead. Okay, well, I'm going to go with the obvious. I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott. I have the 101 on the league. And unless somebody gives me the moon, I'm going to take Zeke Elliott. Um, he had the second most rushing yards at, at OSU with 3,961 As a Hokie, I got to see him run, and we actually held him in check the first year. Um, (laughs) uh, I think that he is so far above a lot of his peers at the running back position, uh, and he's frankly above every wide receiver in the draft, and I typically like to take wide receivers early. Um, He can play in any scheme. Uh, He's got a good football IQ. He can receive. He can pass block. He's got... Some issues with his route running and blocking, but they're not, like, significant. He can always improve on them. Those things can be taught. Um, I kind of, and I think you agree with me, I compare him to an early Frank Gore. Um, and That's exactly
1: I, what I was thinking of.
0: Yeah, and I, I think he's going to be an excellent player at the NFL level. Um, I will say I don't think he's going to be girly level. Um, hmm. I, but he's the clear
1: 101, in my opinion, in this draft. That would be mine as well, but since you took him from me, I'm gonna go with uh Laquan at the 102. Treadwell. Yeah, at the 102, I'm gonna go with Laquan Treadwell, and I'd be happy with that. Uh, he is not going to be a uh, a top end guy like a uh, Cooper from last year or anything. But the thing that I like about him over like, a Josh Doxon or a Corey Coleman is that he has real he has no real negative to his game. Oh. Um, He, you know, he is very, uh, he's, he's, he's not going to be your Randy Moss type. He's a bigger back than that, but I could easily see him being uh, an Allen Robinson-esque kind of player. Okay. I could see that.
0: Uh, I think at the 103, since you took the 102, and this is who I would have taken at the 102, um, Josh Docton, I would take him. I'm really excited about Josh Docton. Um, he is right up there for me. I, he Obviously, he's a fifth-year senior, so he's a little bit older. But he ended with 2,785 yards and uh, 29 touchdowns. He's got more wiggle than speed. Um, but I feel as though that wiggle will make him much stronger in the NFL, especially in a pass-happy offense. If he goes to the right place, he could even he might even push Zeke in my mind. I don't think he will overtake Zeke in any situation. Uh, it would take a lot, but I think he will push Zeke in my mind. Uh i I think that he will be able to balance control the ball and high point the ball. Uh and while I I believe you think he is a possession receiver,
1: mm-hmm. I,
0: I think he has the ability to be a true number one. Um,
1: okay.
0: I think that he could definitely take over the role that role in an offense with a good quarterback. Uh he will need a good quarterback, though I will admit that. But I, I would take him at the one oh three.
1: Okay. okay. Uh, with the 104, then I would uh, go with uh, Corey Coleman out of Baylor, and uh, I I like him a lot. The more I watch of him, okay. he uh, he he's very explosive, which is something that I feel that both Treadwell and Doxon sort of lack because of their more uh, their their taller body uh, setups and whatnot. But he's explosive. He's going to be so good with those shallow crossing routes catching the ball. He, uh, he a slot receiver. And uh, I th- honestly think he reminds me a lot of a Golden Tate. Oh, really? Yeah, I could see a lot of Golden Tate in his game. Let's just hope that he gets to that point. Right.
0: Well, I'm going to jump ahead of most of the experts here, um, and I would actually take Leonte Carew at 105. Oh, good pick. I love him so much, and I could probably wait and get him, um, based on our conversations. But w- I'll go ahead and take him at the 105. Because uh, I think he's got great balance, great concentration. He's got a wonderful route tree, and he's got vision for the ball he can find. I was just looking at some of his, um, his tape. Uh, he can just, the he inhales the ball out of the air. I think that uh, he'll get uh, yards after the catch out like crazy. And frankly, I think that he is the next Keenan Allen. Um, and it taking him at 105, I would love to get Keenan Allen right now at the 105.
1: I think that was a great pick, and with the ADP right now, he's only at he's at nine overall. So you know, you are getting him four spots ahead of that, which is fine. He's good. that's beautiful, beautiful value. You don't have to worry about anyone else grabbing him at this point. Yeah, uh, my, my, at the 105, I would go with Sterling Shepherd. Mm-hmm. He's out of Oklahoma. Uh, great, also, he's also another slot receiver that I really, really like. He's got a uh, wiggle and attitude in his game. Those are the two aspects that it's going to take him so far. He reminds me a lot of Steve Smith, Sr.
0: Oh, cool. I would, um, I like that comp, actually. I think it's a really accurate comp. <laughs> I would, uh, I, I guess uh, that, if that's your 105, you're taking Sterling Chip. Who do I want? I would take you know what, I'm going to take uh, Derrick Henry, actually, at the 106. And that that might be a little, uh, I don't know where, where, where other people are taking him, but I like Derrick Henry because he was uh, behind uh,
1: TJ Yeldon for so long. Is that right? Yeah, he was behind TJ Yeldon for yeah. so long. He was behind TJ Yeldon um, until he came out, and I think he was even there the last year of uh, um, uh Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, I would take Jared Henry because, I mean, he ended as the Heisman Trophy winner. And obviously, that doesn't mean much in terms of the NFL because your, your college accolades don't translate necessarily. But if you look at it, he had 3,800 yards. Actually, it's 3,870 yards across his career and 45 touchdowns. 2,300 of those yards and 28 of those 45 touchdowns came during 2015. So when he is given the number one, he runs with it as fast as possible, and I think that he would be really good.
1: His perfect landing spot is Dallas. You know, I agree. If you go to Dallas, you know, they could run him into the ground, and for two to three seasons he would be golden fantasy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now with that being uh, the uh, seventh pick, uh, with the 108, I would actually go with Kenneth Dixon. Mm, that's a steal there. I like Kenneth Dixon a lot. He reminds me a lot of D'Angelo Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he almost had the NCAA record for total touchdowns in a career. He ended up with 88, and the guy from Navy, Keenan Reynolds, ended up with 91. Both are coming out this year. Uh-oh. But very, very good games. He's one of the last three-down backs in this draft. Just like last year how T.J. Yeldon came out as like a three-down back and everything, this year Kenneth Dixon is a three-down back, and getting him that late, I'm very happy with it.
0: I would say the next uh, player I would take, and this is the 109, correct? Yeah, this um, is the 109. Uh, the 109 would be, I like Devonte Booker.
1: Oh, nice.
0: I love Devontae Booker. Uh, Very nice. He, I mean, obviously, he has the injury issues. He tore his meniscus in October of this past year. Um, and obviously, that's why I take Henry ahead of him. But I I think that he is explosive coming back from the injury. Tearing a meniscus, it's not like... I don't think it's going to put him back as much as everybody thinks it does. So I feel like I can sneak and get him at the end of the first, probably. But I would take him here. Um, with Booker, I think his... Closest player comp would be Arian Foster, and you would love to get Arian Foster in this draft. I think he's going to be a workhorse. He's going to be able to wear down defenses. And uh, he's really good at reading those defenses as well. So at the
1: 109, I would take Devontae Booker. I think that's a great call. Let's just hope that that the uh, comp doesn't include soft tissue issues. Oh, God, it might. (laughs) Uh, Finally, then, at the last pick, I'm actually going to go with Michael Thomas out of Ohio State. Uh, Of course you are. And that's because to me, he just like uh, Treadwell doesn't have a lot that he's missing as far as like, he has real no negatives. It's just that all of his levels are a little bit lower than what Treadwell has. So for me, he's like a Treadwell light. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, my full like actual NFL player comp form is like a Stevie Johnson.
0: Oh, that's a good call. I like Stevie Johnson.
1: I do too. I just hope he does something this year in San Diego. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't be we all <laughs> well I think that's a, that's a great first 10 um, and uh, I, I think that frankly I'm going to beat you in every single league we have together
1: based on that 10 well uh, we'll, we'll find out <laughs>
0: we will <laughs> so now if you have any questions for us um, go ahead and email us at intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com if you have any comments uh, concerns you want to ask a question to us for our next podcast, please just email us there. I repeat, it is intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. Go ahead and check us out on our WordPress site. Download every episode you see. If you like this episode, please leave a positive rating. We'd love it for five stars. If you don't like this episode, email us and don't leave a rating until you like us. uh, Because we just started, folks. Be nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so uh and uh on that if you like i said uh we have a few drafts coming up if your draft is soon please let us know we'll give some advice uh for that i i am noah downs signing off and for luke go ahead luke
1: for luke person i appreciate you guys listening and uh we'll talk to you next time
0: thanks and y'all have a great day